Welcome to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. I'm your host, Christy Graham. Thanks so much for sticking with us. This is our final episode of our U.S. Disaster Relief mini-series. I hope you've enjoyed hearing from each of our project managers. They represent the four sites that Samaritan's Purse deployed in response to the tornadoes that hit Easter weekend. I know I was touched by the testimonies from each site and the way that God is comforting these communities after the storms. And then since these responses, Samaritan's Purse sent another team to Texas to respond to a storm that hit April 22nd. Our last update is from Todd Taylor, who is working in Laurel, Mississippi. Todd's conversation is shorter than the others, as he'd already given me an overview of all the responses in which we shared in episode 18. But his description of the Mississippi response will wrap up this series as we report updates from the field. Um, and so now can you talk to me specifically about the site that you, or where you are in Mississippi? Can you, can you talk to us about that and the church that you're working with? So the church here in Laurel, Mississippi is an incredible partner church. This is the OCC drop-off point for Laurel, Mississippi. Um, as we reached out to them, uh, they also reached out to one of our previous host church down in Petal, Mississippi, where we set up at a, at a 2017 tornado, just about 40 miles from here. And I uh, said, hey, you know, Samaritan's Purse has said they want to come in. What's your recommendations? And um, the church down in Petal was like, man, they're great. We, you, you definitely want them involved. And uh, as we were greeted by the pastors, um, just given a great ability to set up here. Um, I rode around with um, the mission and middle school pastor, Andrew Bonham, and uh, showed me a lot of the area. And the destruction here um, really reminded me as I was riding through because of the pine trees and the amount of, of damage to the forest. Uh, it reminded me of what I saw after Hurricane Michael in between Panama City and we were Hitchcock, Florida, where the winds were 150 miles an hour plus. And every pine tree was just sheared off there. Well, it's the same way here with the tornado. Um, it looks like a good visual picture is if you took a bush hog that would be mowing heavy, heavy weeds and grass on a farm and you raised it up about 20 feet to 30 feet and cut every tree. That's what it looks like. Um, one of the homes that we were working on yesterday and finishing up today was a retired pastor, uh, and he and his wife didn't have an opportunity to get out of their home before and get to safe shelter before it hit. Both of them were severely injured, and our teams are out right now trying to help them salvage some of their personal possessions from their home that was completely destroyed and wiped off the foundation. Um, just uh, really uh, a miracle that, that these uh, that this elderly couple survived and uh, are, are recovering. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, just the, the countless tragedies like that across the track of this entire tornado is just, you know, it is, it is miraculous that the hand of God directed this torna these tornadoes in the path that he did. If it had moved across a populated area like Laurel instead of Soso, which is only five miles away, 
Hmm. There would have been tragic loss of life. Mm-hmm. As, not that, not to lessen the, I think the death toll may be up to about 33 now across the track. But there would have been hundreds if it had moved across more po- more populated areas. Wow. But what are these families doing, you know, in the midst of COVID-19, you know, where maybe hotels aren't running like they normally are? You can't go to a restaurant. You know, everything's kind of quieter. What are these families doing? Where are they going? So the ho- Here in Mississippi, the hotels are open okay. and are able to receive some of them. If they're able to continue to to be in a safe living environment um, with families, some of them are staying in families with their families. So it's it's a mixture. Okay. Um, there are. I'm not sure if the Red Cross shelters have closed um, in some of the areas, but as they were, as National Weather Service was encouraging people to seek safe safe shelter. Um, the Red Cross was handing out the masks and things like that as they were entering the shelters. Everybody just trying to to really maintain that social distance and the CDC guidelines. Um, but I know it, it's tough for families, especially if they've been completely dislocated because of this and they're trying to, to deal with all of this together. It is such a tough situation for them. I cannot imagine. Yeah, like you said, the compounding problems created by this. Um, North America Ministries has deployed, you know, to four states. How has that impacted your staff? And were you able to, I guess, are you having to shorten your teams? Does your team in Mississippi look different than it normally would? What has that done to you all? So staff-wise, um, we are we are well-staffed to be able to handle four or five responses. Um, so for this portion, we are in good shape. Um, we do have, we did have a couple of people that following the CDC guidelines coming out of a couple of the areas on the previous storm had to be quarantined with no illness just to, to follow that safety protocol. Um, they have now been cleared. And uh, so we have a couple of program managers that are, are ready to go uh, should uh, another storm arise. We do have one of our program managers that out in California um, at our Fullerton location. Um, because there are some more restrictive travel measures in place, we've been hesitant to bring him over to help out, um, just not knowing what that quarantine time may look like going back into California. So um, he's sequestered at his house, and um, he is, they're all, whether they're in quarantine or not, they are monitoring the, the constant COVID calls going on with all the different states uh, and, and future weather patterns and things like that. So, yeah, that's one of the things that we're starting to see um, across the same area of the South um, this weekend uh, is another increased uh, severe weather pattern starting to develop. So, um, you know, should something else be something else happening, we'll have some people ready to go. I know your responses are already a puzzle, but then, yeah, you add quarantining and then flights not coming, you know, domestic flights not going. I mean, you just have a lot more logistics to cover, but sounds like the Lord is um, carrying you and providing what you need when you need it. So we will continue praying for that. Um, And is there anything we can pray specifically for your team in Mississippi? 
for Mississippi, as, well, this is going to be true for all the sites. We're all doing a lot of tree work. Um, there's a lot of big trees that have been affected. And, of course, the, the more soil work we do, we pray for safety for our volunteers. We pray especially using day volunteers that, that the Lord will, will raise up some great local sawyers. Um, you know, we have some great saw teams that travel. You know, they're eager to go, and um, they're they're at home right now, wishing they could be here. But we're really trusting the Lord to send those great local sawyers, um, as, as well as folks that are tarping roofs and things like that. So, um, but we pray, and uh, we ask the listeners to pray for our volunteers for those ministry opportunities, just to be able. To, even through the mask, to be able to share Christ's love with these homeowners that are, you know, that have been hit with a double whammy. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Todd, for sharing, and thank you for your leadership. Because um, you know, it's one thing to tell people, you know, we love you, we're praying for you, and it's quite another to physically go, and that's what you guys are doing. Um, you know, in this devastation um, already compounded with a pandemic. Um, you guys are truly being the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, so thank you. And we will continue praying. And for everyone listening, you know, if you want to get involved, um, check out the website and see if there's an area near you. Um, thank you, Todd. Is there anything as we close, any story or something you've seen this week, God working, um, that you want to share? He is working in so many different ways, Christy. Um, just the incredible warmth that this church, that our churches are showing is just one example um, to hear some of the, these heartbreaking stories from homeowners that have been devastated and knowing that he is allowing us to be his hands and feet to go and serve these families. It is truly an honor. Um, so we just uh, ask the listeners to continue to pray for both the homeowners and the volunteers alike. Well, thank you, Todd, and thank you for serving. And, you know, we've said it before, but leaving now is probably especially difficult, you know, because of the pandemic, you know, leaving your family. You know, it's always hard to leave them. But for all of you, I know your your hearts are probably heavy for your family members back home. So um, we'll be praying for you, for your families, and for your team. But thank you for your service. I love hearing Todd's perspective from Mississippi. Four people came to faith in Christ as the teams ministered in the aftermath of the storm. It is powerful to hear these beautiful testimonies as God truly makes all things new and His redemptive power is displayed in difficult times. The headlines in the news is still focused on the coronavirus, and Samaritan's Purse continues to fight it. But it's important that we don't forget the families that are struggling from other disasters like these storms. As Keith mentioned in episode 21, these tornadoes are just an added burden on top of the pandemic. As we wrap up the series, I would love to give some updates from each of the sites. For the first time, Samaritan's Purse disaster relief teams have responded to five states affected by deadly tornadoes. More than 2,000 volunteers have come out to serve in Jesus' name. Tennessee has responded to 149 work orders with over 622 volunteers. Ten people have come to faith in Christ through the work of the teams. Our team in South Carolina has completed 189 work orders with over 851 volunteers, and they have watched six people accept Jesus as their Savior. 
Our team in Louisiana helped finish 86 work orders with over 145 volunteers, and six people came to faith in Christ. Our team in Mississippi has completed 92 work orders with 230 volunteers, and they help lead four people to Christ. And finally, our team in Texas has completed 54 work orders with over 300 volunteers, and 18 people have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. I hesitated to share statistics as they represent so much more than numbers. But I wanted you to see in a tangible way the impact our teams are having for the gospel and the hope they are offering in a devastating time. I want to close with Isaiah 52, 7 as I am so encouraged by our teams that have gone out to minister and share the good news in the aftermath of the storms. Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news and proclaim peace and bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. I'm so thankful for these teams and the way that they are bringing peace and good news in such hurt and devastation. Thank you so much for coming along with us and for praying for our teams. They have been busy serving in Jesus' name. I hope you were renewed and challenged and resolved to pray even more. We thank you so much and have a great day. 